Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Crypto Sapiens. We are nearing the end of season eight, and I have a really special guest on the show for today, Shayna, co-founder of NFT CLT and Y3K. Welcome, Shayna. We're so happy to have you on today. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So I really want to start out, and, and I love that we had a couple minutes to chat before this and really just set an intention for this podcast really just being present and giving Shayna a chance to really talk about her mission and talk about her purpose with NFT, CLT, and Y3K. So something I like to do with our guests is just start out with who you are, what project are you working on, and maybe you could highlight a little bit of your own personal mission. Like, what is your why? Definitely. Um, as you mentioned, my name is Shayna, but professionally in Web3, I go by Diamond Doll. Um, that's how you can find me on social media. And I uh, started as a mechanical engineer um, right out of school, uh, went to Microsoft to be a sourcing engineer, which you may be like, what is that? Um, but basically, I would manage the business relationship between our manufacturers um, and make sure that we were buying our consumer electronic components at cost. But I also got to do some modeling of emerging technology, like foldable displays, really cool things that were going on. So I had the opportunity um, in early on in my career to travel the world, um, be in those factories where all your favorite products are made, the iPhones, the services, all of that great stuff. Um, and really see the manufacturing process and supply chain. Um, I did that for a few years, and then I got into blockchain. My co-founder of NFT CLT, he goes by Tony Bravado on socials. You can find him. He already had launched a digital collectible project with his business partner um, that had sold out. They had like a gaming guild. They were giving you know insight into what projects to watch out for. You know be community of and it was like an aha moment um, when they were telling me about the stuff that they were doing i was already aware of blockchain being an engineering student but it never seemed applicable in the way that nfts open the doors for more people to enter the space and so immediately coming from my background in engineering like i knew the power of community i was very, very active on campus. Um, I went to USC. I mean, freshman academy coach, taught freshman classes, did the recruiting for them, and um, was president and in leadership roles of National Society of Black Engineers on campus. So my mind went there is like, okay, what does community building look like in this space? And how do we make this space more accessible um, to the average person? And for me, that really meant meeting people where they were. So that's where NFT CLT, standing for Charlotte, was born since that's the city um, that we're in. And it was very strategic too, because Charlotte is a major banking city. Um, so when you talk about crypto and NFTs, like it's hard not to talk about finance, right? And DeFi. And so there was a real opportunity to build a greater community. There were some Bitcoin conversations happening, but we could get to this later. You know how Bitcoin maxis are. Like they're very, you know, Bitcoin. And we want it to be a little more inclusive and really show people like tangible ways that smart contracts and blockchains are going to change multiple industries um, and could be applicable for individual creators and entrepreneurs. So that's where we started. That really quickly morphed into doing that type of programming and educational work all over the country, supporting other projects, 
Black is Beautiful um, by House of First, Nick Davis, um, Remarkable Women, their whole suite of projects. You know, we're ambassadors and community members supporting their events. Sick World uh, founders, Miguel, that was a community that we found mm -hmm. ourselves aligned with and wanting to co-collaborate on supporting community events and outreach in initiatives. And, you know, for us, after two years of doing that sporadically for different communities and different cities, we wanted to formalize that. So that's where Y3K was really born, was um, understanding that in order to promote mass adoption of this technology and actually empower people with the tools so that they're not just consumers, but creators, mm -hmm. that we had to really reach that next generation. Um, you know, that was a, wow. an area where not many people were spending time on. And our events in Charlotte were so diverse, right? You had finance creators, all ages coming through. But I think at a certain point, we realized it's really that college age for myself mm -hmm. of years of where you know, you, you start to figure out your career path, where you want to go, what you want to do. We have been able to bring in our community partners who we've supported to support this initiative and go across country to these different campuses and start exposing students to the real builders in Web3 and demystify all of the rumors that they've heard um, and really help them understand who are the people behind this space that have good intentions and that see blockchain as a tool for social impact. Well, you are absolutely speaking my language. I really appreciate the emphasis on the community-driven approach, the human-centric approach, and also something I've really loved about Y3K in general is just the fact that you really put an emphasis on marginalized groups and bringing opportunities to people and communities that might have otherwise not had that access to education or access to resources. And just to rewind a bit further, I am so, so grateful for both you and Tony, because it's really had me think in a different way and a different perspective. Like, I really want to get involved on the university level and do a workshops. Like, what a way to make an impact and really kind of get through to the next generation of builders and the next generation that's going to be carrying the torch, right? This next generation is just growing up immersed in technology, right? So who better to really educate on real world use cases for these things? So I think the work that you're both doing is really important. And I just want to say it's greatly influenced my life in a positive way. I would say something I noticed about Y3K events in general that I've been included on, it has created a positive network effect, like the connections you make, um, the people that you meet. It, it kind of compounds into this positive um, growth, like network effect. And I've noticed it's just really, it's, it's positively impacted my life since the event. So thank you. Oh, thank you for supporting us. You know, we felt really aligned to the organizations. We're big fans of ETH Denver, had heard of Opulus, seen and, mm -hmm. and engaged with them at the conference. But in terms of giving people the actual tools and the platforms they need, it felt like really great synergy um, to have you out there talking about, you know, the sovereign economy. That's new too. Mm -hmm. kids growing up in tech. They're growing up in a world that gives them access to the tools and skill sets to be true entrepreneurs more than like I feel like any other generation has really had.
Absolutely. And and more and more, I'd say since like the times of the pandemic, we're seeing more and more people work from home and work remotely and work independently. So at the time too, we're also seeing like statistically more people are moving into freelance work and independent work. So really, and I, I've talked to you at length about our mission at Opolis is really empowering the self-sovereign gig economy. And I think that really applies to students who might not know, right? They might not know there's another way to work. They might think, okay, I graduate, get my degree, get hired at a traditional corporate W-2 organization. But wait, they don't know that they can start their own LLC, be their own boss and have ownership of their time and have contracts with various organizations. And we're starting to see a lot more people work that way. Yeah, and, and at the workshop, so I did a workshop at USC for those who are listening who don't know. It was for, it was a professional pathways workshop for just educating people and highlighting the differences between traditional W-2 work and independent work. So I think that was a really important discussion. And I'm, I'm again, grateful that we were able to bring that to USC and to UCLA recently as well. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So something I'm curious about for both NFT, CLT, your involvement in Charlotte um, and also with Y3K, what really sparked this start uh, beginning of these projects? Like what what did you see or observe that really kind of inspired you to move forward with these projects? I think the first thing I saw is, I mean, being an engineer, right? Like it's a highly intellectual group of people that you're often encountering. And I felt like a lot of, um, you know, the, the Web3 space is interesting, right? Like in terms of education, yes. <laughs> in terms of like education, it's really like a, do your own research, right? That's even a saying that we have is like, you got to go out there, right? Go out there, find it, get in, you know, make yourself available to learning. Not everybody works that way. Most of the public, you know, they um, need things broken down in a way that's applicable, right to them individually and so that in and itself is like teaching specialized teaching was i i would say like a challenge that we had because when we came into charlotte like it was kind of a catch-all right it was like every every type of demographic coming to the event and so that really helped us start to all right let's have specific events music events you know um business more business focus we joined the digital asset council that is uh local to us right to really bridge the gap between each of these communities um because they're all using blockchain in very different ways, right? So to have just one event and think that it's going to stick with the artists and you're talking about DeFi, like it just, it doesn't land the same way. And I think um, like when we're talking about like new emerging tech like this, there are underlying um things that have to be addressed, right? Uh, you know, in terms of like the demographics we serve and you you mentioned I focus a lot with marginalized communities, right? Mm -hmm. so come to a marginalized community and be like, put whatever extra money you have in this digital currency thing and not really be able to back it up and have a clear vision of what that looks like in the future and be able to articulate it. Um, it's, it's, yeah, like there's there's a little bit more challenge, um, I think. And what's interesting is actually the I feel like mar marginalized communities know intrinsically that having the power to create your own money, to own your own data 
is necessary for sovereignty, is necessary to empower, you know, um, ourselves and our communities at scale. At the same time, though, um, with everything that has been going on in the news, bear market, even the type of projects that um, are kind of well known and mainstream, they don't, it doesn't resonate. And in fact, it scares people off. And so mm -hmm. that mystifying is the biggest part of it. Like I want people to know that there are genuine people out here in Web3 who have a real vision for the future of how it can solve problems. Mm -hmm. And that's my why. That's really my why. Like I, I fear, um, and this is just, you know, you have your mug with the balance. I fear a lot of <laughs> A lot of crypto straight up and a lot of the people came in to make money, right? And and mm -hmm. really that. that was their why. Yeah. That was their why. And to me, that's not a strong enough why. Money has never been a strong enough why, in my <laughs> opinion. Seriously, because they're you know, it's 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 not always been that humans um, relied on the type of economic system that we have today and that we live in, right? There have been many, many, many models explored. And the tokenizing of data to me starts to get back to more um, communal, tribal, traditional ways of exchanging value, exchanging mm -hmm. information, exchanging goods and services. So it's a very unique time um, in that people who get in early, we can really shape how the tech is used and the motives behind the tech. Yeah. And and something you brought up, um, just tying this back into the why and, and kind of like people focusing more on the monetary gain. I think, uh, there's a couple problems with that. Number one, it's tying into the energy of greed and extraction, um, not into the energy of value creation and sustainable regenerative systems. So this actually reminds me of um, a meme I saw. I think Kevin Owaki shared this from uh, Gitcoin DAO. It's a picture of like a beach and like these giant tsunami waves coming. And people are hanging out on the beach and you see them thinking like, why won't the price go up, number go up? And then all these waves are coming. It's like financial infrastructure collapse, climate change, like all these giant waves. And the people are just sitting there on the beach, like focused on number go up. So yes. I think priorities are kind of uh, backwards for individuals that come into the space with those intentions. But I, I like, and I actually respect that you're trying to shift the narrative. You're trying to eliminate false narratives and showcase, hey, there are actually good people in the space who are fighting for more uh, regenerative financial infrastructure, for more inclusive and equitable solutions. You know, I think there are really good people in the space working for positive change. Unfortunately, we have the uh, FTX and like SBF, the SBFs of the world, you know, who have created this negative connotation within our industry. And it's it's kind of sad because it kind of messed things up for the really good hearted people who are trying to create positive change. You know, the Vitalik's of the world, the Kevin Owakis, the people who are like, you know, green pilled, working on like creating a more regenerative future and integrating that with our financial infrastructure. Because in the um, background, so <laughs> you know this, major institutions didn't slow down. That didn't, the, that type of, uh, you know, what happened there, that didn't just sway big institutions necessarily. It may have pushed back their implementation of blockchain infrastructure in certain ways, but at the end of the day, the people with resources very clearly understand that 
um, digital currency and blockchain are going to be the wave. It is the wave of the future in terms of- It's not of, going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It's not anywhere. going anywhere. <laughs> so, right, you know, if they're still moving full steam ahead, maybe they pump the brakes a little bit, but the general public is just scared where they're like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to touch it, right? Now oh. we to have a disadvantage, you know, there's an imbalance in that gap that we were hoping to close in terms of equity maybe starts to widen a little more. So that's why we're grinding so hard, even in the bear market to, you know, um, establish a, that, that different narrative that you're mentioning. I agree. I think I have a lot of respect for you and Tony and Y3K because my perspective is that we have people working full time to take away sovereignty and, and rights to ownership of our finance, of our time, of our even employment, you know, Um, so I think they're working overtime to kind of rob us of those rights. Like taxpayer dollars are going to these government officials who, you know, have these insane, uh, salaries, right? All these taxpayer dollars are going to these people when they're kind of fighting against the very things that give us control of our own lives, our assets, our finance. So I find it interesting, you know, like the anti-crypto war with Elizabeth Warren. And yeah, I I just think the U.S., um, yeah, we really need a lot of change on, on the financial infrastructure piece. It kind of just feels like I wish personally that they were more on the side of the people instead of like these larger centralized conglomerates and, you know, centralized institutions. So anyway, end rant. (laughs) No, no, definitely. I mean, I could go on that all day because it's like, you know, especially with the politicians, I mean, y'all are not printing money anymore. We go to stores that say no cash or whatnot, but in the same breath telling us that digital currency is potentially a scam or whatnot. I mean, most of our (laughs) ledgers are digital. What are we talking about? Look at the Fed, though. The Fed wants to move into digital currency. Like it doesn't. It doesn't line up. The Fed is trying to make a digital currency. I forget the exact name of the the token or coin, but yeah, our federal government is looking into making a uh, digital asset. So I don't know. I mean, maybe they just want control over it. I don't know. <laughs> I you know, and then and then even that gets touchy too because oh, I could go down a whole wormhole, but that's why. <laughs> Tech literacy is so important and why financial literacy too. financial and the intersection, right? We're at the intersection of it now um, is because I think if we're not careful, then we're going to the train is going to get off the tracks. And then how do you hold people accountable? Right. You know, particularly like regulations, right? Dow regulations, things like that. I feel like they should be supporting the people, collective, sovereignty, Mm -hmm. things like that. Now, if we come in very harsh on these regulations, oh, this is security, this is this, this is that, right? I I just don't ever want, you know, to be in a situation where we are chained by the blockchain versus liberated. And I think- Wow, that's that's really good. That's a very quote-worthy statement right there. I like that. So a big part of the ethos of like Opolis and even ETH Denver, right? ETH Denver's more, you know, community building, getting education out there. But with Opolis, um, our founder, John Pollard, had mentioned taking the target off of our backs. So Mm. let's not do anything to add fuel to the fire, right? Like that's a big component of Opolis, right? Being compliant on a federal and state level with our taxes, having W-2s, 
earning income legally in the industry. So when they come and look at us, like if you saw Coinbase, Coinbase followed all the rules and did everything as compliant as humanly possible. Um, I think doing things in that way will help to take the target off of our back to be able to show, hey, we've you know checked all these compliance boxes. We're doing things in a compliant way. I think that'll help to build credibility and create less of a fight on our hands here. Definitely, definitely. You know, I am interested in though, you know, new models of governance though, when you're talking about um, a system that is global and borderless, I think that lends itself to some more innovative approaches um, in terms of regulation. And I think our government uh, infrastructure doesn't necessarily suit that. Um, but I totally agree, right? Like that is definitely you get on the side of the government coming from my past, you know, I came from Jewel um, at one point in time. So I very closely understand the importance of being federally compliant um, and mm -hmm. um, just how intense government regulations can get when the hot seat, when they are ready to regulate, right? When they're, you know, because I, I, crypto is very similar to vaping in that way, where for a while it was just shoo shoo, whatever, we don't care about it, nothing's happening, we'll let other governments go figure it out first, right? And then when it was time, um, to kind of laser in for political reasons or whatever, right? Then it became the hot seat. And I think that's similar to crypto too, where things kind of were wild, wild west for so long. Now we're at this point where, I mean, we, we saw Board Ape, you know, <laughs> they got their ruling, like uh, regulations are only going to continue to speed up rather than slow down. Um, and I would say this is why it's important too. To, again, to get creative. So, you know, one of the partnerships that NFT CLT has as a resource to our community um, is with Catawba Digital Economic Zone. Um, they're an indigenous sovereign economic region um, that has their legal definitions kind of defined already. Um, they have infrastructures for DAO LLCs, DAO nonprofits, and it's um, bodies like that, um, organizations mm -hmm. like that, that really interest me because um, I do think they're on the side of the people. I do think they're looking towards the future of how do you make this space sustainable. And so um, we offer discount codes, all sorts of things to support uh, entrepreneurs becoming e-residents and filing their blockchain-based business in that region. So, you know, to your point about being federally compliant, you know, there's at the end of the day, you know the game, right? You you gotta go with where they're going to be supportive most, and Wyoming and Delaware, and you could go get fancy lawyers mm -hmm. to get all of that structure together, um, or Opolis, or Opolis, <laughs> you know. Um, and people, regular people need that, like regular everyday people, because it's a lot being a founder to be wearing. Mm -hmm. And particularly for marginalized communities who aren't getting the funding to really kickstart and to scale that the way that they need to do, right? Like um, having kind of simplified, um, very clear, okay, I know I can um, form an organization here. I know I can go to Opulate and have my paperwork mm -hmm. taken. Everything in terms of being able to scale. It really is kind of just plug and play. Like, we have made it so templatized, right? Like it's just like so dumbed down that anyone can do it, right? And we are partnered with, uh, we're partnered with MyDAO. So they do the LLC creation for the DAO. 
For the individual, though, um, we believe in, you know, individual self-sovereignty. If you want to work on multiple projects, multiple contracts, we set you up with your own LLC. And then from there, we elect you an S-Corp status. So for any of my like entrepreneurial business-minded people listening, it would be an S-Corp elected status LLC. That way you can pay yourself payroll. And with Opolis as the employer of record, we're able to issue W-2s. We're able to issue you pay stubs. You have access to national health care coverage. And sorry for going down the Opolis rabbit hole. I just get really excited about this. No, I do too. But it's it's just so cool because you're able to earn in crypto. You're able to work full-time in the industry. And you could have that packaged up into a W-2. You can have pay stubs and go apply to get in a car get a car rather. So all these things are really still necessary. And our founder calls these the necessary evils of the modern world. So um, still part of our reality. And, you know, I talk about this very often, but where Opolis helped me, um, I mean, besides having the access to the really good healthcare I have, like I've been able to get my own apartment. I've been approved for a lease, for a car, and none of that would have worked if I tried to show my MetaMask wallet, you know? Like, Definitely. Definitely not. I was earning full-time in crypto. And like, imagine, you know, how a landlord would react and be like, yeah, look at all my, my cryptocurrency. I got enough to pay rent. Like, no, yeah. you need to show that legal proof of income. <laughs> So that's, that's where Opolis helped me the most. And um, aside from just those pain points, I see it as a way to really help entrepreneurs um, work in a different way, right? It's kind of like this big paradigm shift to more independence and more self-sovereignty. And it's really cool because you become your own boss. You become, you know, the owner of your time, your assets. And I, I just think it's a really cool thing. And yeah, we, we've made a lot of like, I've been leading our partnerships and We've had a lot of really, um, really impactful partnerships, like even Crypto Sapiens and Opolis are partnered. So um, that's been interesting to kind of have the education, like podcasting piece tied into what we do. So my question for you is, are there any pain points that you saw, like anything that you felt like needed to be resolved or remedied that um, sparked the creation of NFT CLT or Y3K? Yeah, I mean, I think community is number one. We're coming out of COVID. Um, and so, like, just having a place IRL to connect with people, like, that was everything. So, the first event I ever went to was a Gutter Cat event in Vegas, their first one. You said, did you say Gutter Cat? Like, Gutter Cat. <laughs> you know? Okay. Shout oh, out Gutter Cat. I, I don't know Gutter Cat, but shout out to Gutter Cat. Shout out Gutter Cat. You know, one thing I do love about them is, you know, they have Puma deals. You know, they just I, I really love the world that they created at their in real life events, bringing that like their whole kind of story and ethos to life. But that was like the very first community that I ever got plugged in and started meeting people. And from there, you know, we went to East Denver and that just experience of being in the presence, it really felt electrifying. Like, oh, at that yeah, life changing. Yeah, especially in the beginning, like that 2019, 2020, like things were popping and it just felt like it felt like new horizons, new frontiers. Like it really did. Now, the last two years have um, definitely I felt like sucked the life out <laughs> a little bit of the space. And so one thing I think that we're trying to bring back is that like that that genuine connection that realness because a lot of people fell off 
a lot of people yeah. who are just for them. Yeah, they're not here no more. You know what's weird though? I have felt like I have experienced the most abundance in my life and the most joy in my life during this period. I don't know what it is, but I feel like it's really weeded out things that didn't need to exist. Like projects that just didn't need to be a thing ended up drying up. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like it really weeded out things that just didn't need to be. And it's led to more intentionality, right? Uh, Planning and actually making things that need to exist. I have felt really happy. I mean, I haven't let it like suck the life out of me. In fact, I don't really look at the charts that much. Like I don't really follow the numbers. I don't follow price that much. And and maybe I'm a weirdo, but I actually focus on building, um, particularly building human connection, building community. I think those things are so important. And I see this being a vital, like long-term thing. Um, So anything that's in the short term, I feel like they're kind of healthy cycles, you know, like we're going through a cycle where things are getting weeded out, right? There was a mass exodus of people that left the industry and then there's the people that stayed. And those are like the true builders, the, the true pioneers of the industry. So I've been really happy personally. <laughs> yeah. And I hope to see, you know, you talk about like why, what things were missing. I felt like I didn't see like a lot of communities supporting each other. Like when Tony and I first started outside of Charlotte, we were hosting a lot of Twitter spaces, but bringing projects together. So we had like Family Feud competitions, Parallel, Huxley, like big IP brands who are using NFTs who come from very reputable artists, bringing their communities together to compete, to have fun, to support each other, to expose each other, you know, to each other. I hope to see that grow more. And I think that's one thing that we're trying to do with Y3K that is unique is when I pop up to a city, I'm not just going to come and not have an appreciation or respect for the culture and builders who are already there. In fact, I'm going to tap them, right? Like, I'm going to make sure, how can I support you? How can I make sure you get paid to do this workshop? Speaking my language. Right? You know? And so I'm hoping that more projects, and that's one of the disappointing things I feel like I don't want to name job projects, but some of the bigger projects who, of course, this space is small. We know the people, we've reached out to them. It's like, For them, I think it was very clear that not all the project's intentions um, were that of mass onboarding and education. They actually did want to be exclusive. They actually did Mm. want to be their own kind of silo in their bubble. Um, But if you're on the techie side for my nerds, right, you know that we're moving from a decentralized. The end goal is to get to distributed, right, Mm -hmm. where these communities are funneling and supporting each other in kind of just like a flowing ecosystem. At least that's what I'm trying to help move this space towards. So the more I can bring projects together who may not be aware of each other, the more that I can bring folks like Oculus and Ethereum to the college campuses mm-hmm. yeah. to organizations, not just like Because you know how money goes at these universities, too. They want to make their money. They want to give it to their administrators or, you know, all of that. No, let's get that to the students who need funding to send their students to places where they can actually go get opportunities like career fairs and whatnot. Like I ran Mm -hmm. a school organization sending 50 kids across country. It's not easy. It's not free by any means. So to be able to start plugging in the Web3 ecosystem to these existing infrastructures, that's what's, that's what's missing, but that's what's going to carry this thing forward um, in a, again, very meaningful, intentional way. Versus, you know, you talk about mass onboarding and a lot of people are like, 
you know, they cite Reddit as a great example of onboarding, <laughs> right, with NFTs or uh, Starbucks, um, how they did it. That's, I think those definitely, in terms of numbers and getting people into the ecosystem, great. I am interested in a little bit more than that. I'm interested in people actually having understanding and being empowered by the tools. Yeah, mm. you know, like I want them to walk away being like, I could go use this, not mm. I'm being used, you know, in another form, but I can go use this tool for myself. I think another important point, like this is something um, that kind of ties into that, is actually showcasing real world use cases for these things, like showing, okay, here's where Web 2 has fallen short. Here's a way that Web 3 can help to solve this problem. And as, to take it a step further, here's an actual example of this being used for this. So um, I think that's really important. And um, another thing, I don't say this very often to people, but Shana, I really feel that you are a visionary. I feel like you are able to kind of see through um, to the bigger picture and like kind of see through the matrix of like where like proper values lie, if that makes sense. Like, I, I just think you're you're really gifted at seeing the bigger picture and, and making things come together to be conducive to long-term success versus, you know, short-term gains. Yeah, versus the bags. The bags exactly. are nice to have, but at the end of the day, you like you said, it has to be values. Like at the end of the day, when I think about partnerships and even in business, do you know, doing business for multi-billion dollar, trillion, trillion dollar corporation and being the one to pick those relationships and manage them, it always comes down to alignment and with a longer term vision. That's one thing like you know, Web3 would have roadmaps and, uh, and whatnot. Creating long-term strategy is is a process, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I, you know, especially for supply chain, like we would be working on strategies for months, right? And like, of course, getting the work done at the same time. But in, in terms of like that game of really sussing out who is the right partner, like that takes mm -hmm. time. And um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know, like, how, what was the transition like? Cause you, you had mentioned earlier, you have a background in machine or um, uh, engineering, machine yeah. engineering. So I'm right. curious, what was that transition like to working in web three and why did you choose to make the jump out? Or was it like, was it like a long-term thing that gradually happened? Was it like you jumped right in? Like, how did that go? Um, it was kind of like I jumped right in. So I was um, at Jewel at the time. And, you know, Jewel's story is well documented on Netflix. Jewel the vape? All over. Like, yeah. like the vape Jewel? Yeah, like the vape. Okay, okay. So, um, you know, uh, I, uh, I had come to a point where I was getting super involved in Web3. And you know how the early days were when, like, you're on Twitter spaces all sorts of hours of the night, like you're learning <laughs> to doing that. <laughs> yeah, doing that. But, um, I, I kind of eased off, but it was getting to the point with hosting the events. Like for me, it was too much to balance, honestly. Like I really, my passions were coming into blockchain. Like I'm big on liberation. Like I know we live in this modern world and the Love way that, that. You know, the way things are structured, it is what it is. I don't necessarily agree with it. And I, I'm not one to be like, oh, we should just fold and like, you know, agree to that because I believe you're, this land is free. You know, I believe that we're born free 
And that is a right that you should be able to exercise truly. And so when I look, when I think about blockchain and why I was so drawn to being in this space, it was because I saw it as a tool for liberation. Honestly, I love that. I, I just wrote that word down and I want to like, I want to really reflect on that. Cause I, I feel like you just brought something up for me that has been really um, kind of in my subconscious, like in, in working in this space, like that is such a big one. Um, we are getting to the end of the episode here. I am going to have to jump in the next three minutes. I want to ask you like kind of a two-part question as, as we wind down here. I guess the first is going to be, what is your long-term vision for Y3K, NFT, CL, CLT? Like what's on the long-term roadmap that you'd like to discuss with our listeners? And yeah, I'm forgetting the second part of the question, but it'll come back to me. Yeah, no worries. I mean, the long-term roadmap for NFT CLT, we continue to produce and support programming across the country. Y3K specifically, you know, we were able to um, have, uh, you know, some really great activations at USC, UCLA and support um, what's happening on those campuses, but we really are excited to get back to the East Coast. Um, so awesome. you know, that's where I'm from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's where I'm originally from too, before I moved oh, cool. to California. But um, we're really excited. Same and same. <laughs> <laughs> we're super excited to get back on campuses and actually connecting with the students and connecting them to the resources that are available, like Oculus, like Ethereum University, all of that, because um, at the end of the day, that's the generation that we're serving. That's that's our target audience. Um, and to make it fun and make it applicable. So we have about 15 schools um, prepared for next year. We would love to make this a yearly you know, event at each mm -hmm. of our schools. Make sure that those student organizations are funded by Web3 um, and supported by Web3 communities, um, both projects, protocols, all sorts of pieces of the infrastructure. And then for NFT, CLT, you know, we do um, some other series of events. I'm big in, on wellness. You talk about my transition. Yes. Oh my God. Same, 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 same. So, you know, for me, it was, it was easy. Blockchain helped me kind of liberate as much as I love manufacturing supply chain and it was fun being wined and dined all over. At the end of the day, I wanted to reclaim my time and I wanted to reclaim my identity. And I'm I'm big purpose driven. And when it comes to wellness, there are so many natural holistic tools that um, most people aren't afforded the opportunity to learn you know oh, man, we can go into we can go into real <laughs> rabbit holes there i actually i studied holistic nutrition and i started my own juice business like seeing a need for people to really be more literate when it comes to their health and wellness um that is a whole nother rabbit hole uh, me and you will definitely uh talk more about um yeah but so that intersection so art basil nft clt will be there we have an art awesome. test event um, called House of Sacred Energy Exchange. And we're showing what? people through art how to cultivate that innate, powerful energy. So there's two this parts. sounds like, like right up my... I have an art school background. I Wellness has brought me to where I'm at today. Um, and Web3 has given me like the purpose, right? And and kind of the drive to work really hard. So all of those things that intersect with my identity. Um, I don't know. I have, a, I mean, a little alpha. I have a chat going. Um to talk about maybe Opolis being involved there, but to be determined. Okay, um, so I got a ticket for you for our event then. Okay, okay. Um, we'll, we'll definitely circle back on that. I do have to jump, but 
I want to ask you one more question. So this is something that's kind of been brewing in my mind to, to ask you. I think this is really important. Um, if you can send any message out there to any marginalized or underserved communities or any women looking to get into this industry, what would your message be? You are already powerful. Get on the other side of fear. Because okay. when you love and when you operate from a place of abundance, the opportunities and what's yours will come to you. I love it. I love it. Thank you. And you know what? I've I've been listening, a uh, little caveat here. I've been listening more to The Doors lately. I don't know why the past couple of days I've been listening to The Doors. That reminds me of a song, Break On Through to the Other Side, right? <laughs> like breaking through to the other side of, uh, of fear, right? Um, so yeah, if you're listening to this, if you are someone who's looking to get involved, um, definitely check out Y3K. And Shayna, do you want to share the website or anywhere they can get started? Definitely. Um, first, follow us at NFTCLT on Instagram and Twitter. In terms of Y3K, you can go to y3k.quest. Um, Y3K.quest. Awesome. And we will drop those links in the description. Shayna, if anybody wants to connect with you or Tony, what will be the best place for people to reach out to you? Uh, the best place is if you go onto our Instagrams, uh, you can find the link tree. We have a Calendly link. If you want to directly connect with us, feel free. We're happy to take calls all of the time. Um, but yes, I am Diamond Doll underscore NFT on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. Well, Diamond, I'm, I'm so happy you were able to come onto the show today. We will definitely be, be, be doing more together at UCLA, any future engagements at USC or college campuses. I am there to support Y3K and I really love what you're doing. Uh, okay. We're going to end the show for today. So thank you everyone that tuned in and thank you again, Shayna. Thank you, Rachel. Love you. Mwah. Okay, friends. So before we end today's episode, I just want to take a moment to thank projects like Bankless and projects like Opolis for making season eight of Crypto Sapiens possible. So I just want to draw your attention to the links in our description. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see the links there. Or if you're listening to our podcast, you'll also see the links in the description. The first is going to be Bankless Doc community. And for those watching the video, I'll go ahead and share my screen. So you'll see here Bankless DAO's website. You'll also be able to learn more about how to join Bankless DAO, the different guilds, and different projects that we're working on at Bankless DAO. And there really is something for everyone here. I think it's an amazing starting point for those looking to get involved in Web3. If you're listening to this and want to learn more about how to get involved, Bankless DAO is an excellent starting point. There's guilds for just about any interest here, so I highly recommend going to Bankless.community, joining the Discord, and saying hi and making some friends. To stay up to date on all things Crypto Sapiens, go to CryptoSapiens.xyz. Here, you'll see all of our podcast episodes uploaded with a brief description of what they are, and you can also download them from here. Now, last but not least, a lot of you know me actually from my work at Opolis. So Opolis, if you don't know, is a digital employment cooperative. We do things like offer employer services to those working in the Web3 space, working on DAOs, or running their own independent business. So we help issue W2s pay stubs, and get you things like national healthcare coverage. So if this is something you're interested in, click the link in the description. All proceeds for referrals go towards supporting Crypto Sapiens. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode of Crypto Sapiens. As always, stay tuned for next time, and thank you again for joining.